Well, good morning, One Church. Welcome to week three of our series entitled Accomplished, where we've been going through and talking about the age-old question, how can we not accomplish more in our life? You know, when we get to the beginning of a new year and we look back at the end of last year, we always uh, look back at the commitments, the resolutions uh, that we made uh, to ourselves, to other people, and uh, we ask, how come they didn't stick? How come I'm so busy? How come I'm doing a lot of things, but I'm just not ending up where I want to end up? And that's really what we're talking about in this series. Now, let me kind of tell you just a brief explanation of where we've been, if this is your first time with us. Uh, in week one, we ask and answer the question, what would the future you tell you to do? And it was a really cool thing because we actually uh, gave you guys postcards and you wrote the future you some things that you would like to see changed in your life. And in six months, we're going to be mailing those to you around the end of, end of June, the beginning of July. We're going to be giving those to you so that you can be able to see what did the future you, what does the future you want you to do. And really, that's the big idea for this series. Whatever the future you is wanting you to do, then do it. Just do it. You got to do that Nike thing, right? So that's what we talked about week one. Week two, uh, we actually asked and asked the question, this question, how come I've not accomplished as much as I'd hoped? Because all of us, um, we want to accomplish more, but we just think about and we think, you know, I'm busy, um, but I'm not accomplishing the things that I really want to accomplish. And our big idea for last week was don't confuse activity with productivity. And how all of us, we say that we're busy and we're busy and we're busy, but really we, that's an excuse. All of us have the same amount of time as everybody else. Remember that? And, and we talked about this, that you can either make excuses or you can make progress, but you can't make both. And I hope that you guys last week, how many of y'all did the whole, you know, write down your time and how much time you spent either on toggle or something like that? Let me see your hands. All right, very good. A few of you guys, all right. And let me tell you, if you did that, you know that it took the mystery out of, hey, I'm so busy, but how come I don't accomplish what I want to accomplish? Because when you're online on YouTube watching cat videos for three hours, right? Dave Thompson, right? This was one of our staff. Somebody, he actually posted on Facebook, he was watching cat videos. I didn't even mention that, right? Oh my gosh. So, uh, but he was, he said it was my day off, so get off of me. So I'm like, all right, sweet. Ain't no big deal. So all of us need some time to rest and relax, right? Well, here's what we're going to be talking about today is we're going to be asking and answering the question, how come I'm so inconsistent? Because if you think about it, all of us, we make commitments and we make resolutions. In fact, how many of y'all made New Year's resolutions this year? See your hands. All right, n- none of y'all did, it seems like. Um, because you're like, I'm going to break them anyway. So what's the point, all right? Well, okay, thanks for uh, messing up that sermon illustration. Um, let's uh, bow your head and close your eyes and we're going to go home. Dear Jesus, and we're not going to do that. Right? Here's the thing. All of us, we make resolutions, we make commitments, and we're just not that consistent in our follow-through. I mean, all of us, we make commitments to ourselves, and uh, again, we call them resolutions maybe, but it's really a commitment we make to ourselves about, you know, I want to lose a few pounds, I want to read God's Word more, I, I want to spend more time at home with my kids, I, I, wanna, I, I don't want to lose my temper, I want to go to a counselor to get help for my marriage, I want to get help for my addiction, uh, all of us, we ask those questions, and we make that commitment to ourselves. but then we're inconsistent. And we're in, in, in why is that? I, I, I just, I don't understand that. I don't understand how so much that we can make a commitment to ourselves, and it's not even we're making a commitment to somebody else. Like, we're making a commitment to ourselves that's going to make our life better. 
right? How do we, why do we break those? Why, why didn't they stick? Why, why don't we follow through? And again, because here's the reality. Uh, there's been times in my life you've made commitments like I have. And you're like, I'm, I'm, this time I'm going to do it. But this time doesn't ever seem to show up. And for others of you, you have some convictions. I mean, and, and, and really, what is a conviction? A, a conviction is like, I'm absolutely sure that this is wrong. I'm absolutely sure that this is right, that this is the right thing to do. It's like, or, you know, I should never, ever, ever do this, or no mother should ever, or no father should ever, no young girl should ever, no guy should ever. Uh, it's just wrong. It's off limits. Uh, but yet, all of us that had, have had those seasons or chapters or weekends or spring breaks where we said we weren't going to do something, it was a deep conviction that we would never, ever, 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 ever do it. But yet, on that chapter season spring break, we did it. We broke it. Why is that? Why, why, do, we have str- why do we struggle with our convictions? And, and I, I, I just, in fact, some of you right now, your biggest struggle is, your biggest problem that you've ever done is that you broke a conviction. So right now, if you would turn to the person next to you and just kind of share uh, the biggest conviction that you've broken right now, that'd be great. I'm joking. Right? You're like going... Okay, not going to do that, right? Because it's just too embarrassing, and all, and all of us have been there. I have been there. How is it that we struggle following through with our commitments and, and, and the things that we commit to ourselves? And, and at the beginning of every new year, we, we commit, 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 but we don't follow through and we break the commitment. How come that we have a deep conviction and, and maybe it's a deep conviction because you've seen uh, this really bad habit destroy somebody else's life. Or maybe uh, it, it's, you've, you've experienced it. Now, it may be you have a deep conviction that, you know what, when I get married, I'm never, ever going to get a divorce. Because I've seen, you saw your parents go through that, and it was just so painful for you. And some of you are still reeling from the wounds of some things that your parents did. And you think, man, when I grow up, when I get married, when I have children, I'm never, ever, ever. Or, you know what, I'm, I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to start doing this positive thing that's going to turn their life around and turn my life around. And we have these deep convictions. And for some of us who are Christian, we call ourselves Christians, we even have some deep convictions uh, uh, that we believe God has. And, and, we, and it's like those, they're the big thou shalt nots, right? You shall not do this, and you shall not do that. And you should do this. And we're like... Dude, these are important. I need to listen up. And, and you understand the reason why they're important. You see the consequences, and you say, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to break. I'm not going to break those deep convictions that I have. But yet, we do. Because of a season, of a chapter, maybe a person that's walked into our life, and we said, you know, I'm never, but you did. And all of us, we have those we have those strong commitments. We have deep convictions. Um, and, and, but we're going to realize today that that's just not enough. It's not enough to make commitments. It's not enough to have these deep-seated beliefs and convictions. Because think about it. And if all of us, if, we fought, if, if, if just strong commitments and deep convictions were enough, here's the reality. None of us would have any bad habits, would we? But all of us have bad habits. In fact, if you don't know your bad habit, 
then here's one of the things I know about you. You're either single or, because let me tell you, if, if, if you're married, and if you're married long enough, like some of you are like, I'm married and I've been married for three days. Great. All right? Awesome. Honeymoon, enjoy it. It's going to last for about a month. That's what a honeymoon lasts. In fact, the literally word honeymoon means sweet month. Right? Just mind blown. All right? Just here's the thing. But know this, if you live with somebody for longer than a month, they're going to get on your nerves because they have bad habits and so do you. You do, all right? Somewhere along the way, we've just assumed that if we have strong commitments based upon deep convictions, then our life is going to stand up. There's a problem. It doesn't. Because it takes something more than having just strong commitments. Because you and I can commit and commit and commit and commit. It takes something deeper than just having those deep beliefs and convictions. That there's something missing. And today, we're going to look at what is missing. Here's our big idea for today. It's in two parts. First one is this. It's not enough to have convictions and commitments. It's not enough to have convictions and commit. If you want to accomplish some things in 2015, then you can have all the willpower that you want to. That's awesome. You should have it. And you should have all the deep-seated beliefs. that you, I, I totally get that. And you should. But if that's all you're relying on to allow your 2015 to really accomplish some stuff, it's not going to stand. It's not going to be consistent for you because convictions are great. You should have them. Commitments are great. You should have them. But if you want your life to stand, it's going to take more than two legs. If you want your life to be consistent, it's going to take something more because deep-seated convictions and strong beliefs really isn't enough for you and I to be consistent. Yet somehow along the way, we just assumed that if I could believe hard enough, if I can make enough commitments going to be okay. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible shows us what's really missing. And as we look into God's Word today, it's not just a book. It's 66 books, all written by over 40 different authors. And it's so amazing because these people lived real lives, and they experienced the principle that you and I are going to discover today. In fact, if you're not a Christian, and when we go through this, some of you already got the third leg. Others of you, I mean, you're like, man, I already know what it is, and you're already doing it. The pushback for us as Christ followers is we think this, you know what? I can do it on my own. I can do it all by myself. No. No. Because you can't. Some things are just too hard. Some things are too much of a struggle that there's actually a third component if you are going to live a life that stands up on its own. All right, here we go. Now, we're going to be looking in the book of Hebrews. Now, so if you've got your Bibles, go ahead and turn to the book of Hebrews. If you don't have a Bible, we give them away for free uh, right outside the door. If you don't have a Bible and you don't want to, like, get up now and, like, get one, I totally get that. If you would grab your smartphones and go ahead and just open up the Bible app, all right? encourage you to do that right now. So we're going to open up the Bible app, 
And then from there, you're going to hit live events, and you're going to do search, and you can actually follow along with the notes and interact. We've got some questions in there as well. But we're going to be in the book of Hebrews, and let's look at what Hebrews, I say now, Hebrews is a book written to, sit down, Hebrews, getting crazy in here, all right? Now, let me tell you just a little bit about it. You see, the Hebrews, the Jews, they had very strong convictions. They grew up believing the Old Testament. In fact, for many of them, most of them, they grew up and they had the first five books memorized. They had deep convictions. They did. And they also had a strong commitment that they were going to be faithful to God. But here's the thing. They were struggling with being consistent. They were struggling with actually living this Christian lifestyle consistently. Does that sound like anybody that you and I know? <laughs> That's me. Is it you? All right. So the writer of Hebrews are actually writing these Hebrews, the Jews, and it, this, what's so cool is they're going to give us the third component, the third leg, so that your life can be consistent and stand up under pressure. This is what Hebrews chapter 3 verse 12 says, and I'm going to read the end of the verse, and then we're going to dig into the first part of the verse. Here's the, what the very beginning of this verse says. Do not turn away from the living what? Do not turn away from the living of God. Now, let's just say this. For some of you in here, you're like, okay, I grew up a Christian, and you know, and for some of you have been to church, and maybe for some of you, you just recently got baptized, and you're like, man, I am so on fire for God. But you know, here's the thing. None of us wake up and just think, you know what? Today, I'm just going to abandon my commitments. You know, today, I think I'm just awake. I'm just going to throw out all of my convictions. None of us ever do that, just wake up all of a sudden and say. It doesn't happen like that, does it? So how does it happen? That's where we get to the beginning part of this verse. Brothers and sisters, so he's talking to a group of people in the church. Brothers and sisters, make sure that none of you has a what? Sinful heart. That means that's the way that they're at. That's what sin is. It's what they're doing. They're misbehaving. All right? So don't have a simple heart. Do not let an what? Unbelieving heart. By the way, that's not misbehaving. That's about believing. That's misbelieving. Do not have an unbelieving heart to turn you away from the living God. It doesn't happen all of a sudden. Let me tell you how it happens. It happens in small little steps. It's like erosion. If you've ever seen, like, a, you know, a, a bridge go out, it doesn't happen all of a sudden. I mean, it does, but there was a process happening way before that that you couldn't see. It was a small erosion, if you will, that took place. And any time that, you know, we just abandon our commitments and we abandon our convictions, guess what we feel? We feel, you and I feel, guilt. And the reason why we feel guilt is because you believed one thing, but you did something else. I believe this was wrong, but I did it anyway, so now I feel guilty. And when there's a contradiction between what you do and what you believe, you will always have guilt. Now here's the problem. The problem comes is this. Convictions and commitments aren't enough for you and I to be consistent. That's just two legs. It's not enough. And what happens is we misbehave and then we start to misbelieve. Because here's all of us. All of us have a belief system. Even if you're an atheist here this morning, you have a belief system that you believe, okay, if I do this, then this is going to happen. And, and, and I, okay, I believe this, and then this is going to happen. And, and all of us, I get that. And if you've grown up in church, again, you have a belief system as well, that you shouldn't do some things. 
and you shouldn't do you shouldn't start doing some things but what happens is we misbehave one little small step one little small erosion and then we feel guilty because we believe one thing and our actions aren't lining up and then we misbehave again and then we misbehave again and we have this idea okay I know an affair is wrong that's what I believe but you know what I'm not having an affair I'm just chatting with another lady on Facebook and we do it we're misbehaving and we don't like we don't fall down dead right we're like hmm feels kind of good right and we do it again and you know what nothing happened and we, we do it again it's like the table it hasn't fallen yet the marriage is still good and I'm still able to do what I want to over here right? and it's like we start misbehaving and and then after a while then we'll come to church and we'll feel guilty and like oh my gosh I should have done it and we'll make a commitment God this time this was the last time and you know what I have these commitment I'm making a commitment to you God because it's based on a deep conviction that I shouldn't do this and this time I am gonna just I mean, it's just gonna be it's just we're good commitment conviction and it's great for about seven days right and then something happens because convictions commitments all great should have them not enough because we start to deceive ourselves and we say we stay in this horrible loop that we say guilty all the time and then something is going to happen we either get so depressed because our beliefs are not maxing up with our actions that we just lose all hope and some of you are here this morning like well I'm not even gonna be a Christian anymore it's it's stupid because I'm believing one thing and I'm doing and I just can't seem to do what I know I believe I can't be that consistent and you're ready to give up and the thing I want to tell you today is don't give up there's a third leg or we do this you know what I don't want to feel guilty anymore so I'm just gonna abandon my beliefs and that way, you know what, if I, if I say lying is wrong, but you know what, it's okay in this instance, and it's okay to lie to her or to him, then you just change your beliefs and you don't feel guilty anymore. Isn't that awesome? Eh. Right? So, let's look at, let's dig into this. So, brothers and sisters, make sure that none of you has a sinful heart. Don't let an unbelieving heart turn you away from the living God. Before we move on to the next verse, let me just say this. Do you know, all of us have the potential to turn away from God? I do as a pastor I have the potential of walking away from God and by the way so do you all of us have that potential and if you're here this morning you think you know what <laughs> I'm never because you are closer now than ever has in fact that the, the Greek word for turning away Literally, it, it, it's not it, it's not describing all of a sudden process. It's it, it's the same word used to describe um, how water trickles over various waterfalls and, and how everything just kind of just moves and keeps on moving just slowly, just slowly. But all of us have the potential. And some of you, I don't even have to convince you of that. You're like, huh, Pastor, that's my life story, right? I mean, I used to go to church, and you grew up. Baptist or you grew up Methodist and you were like at church on Sunday morning you were at Sunday school you were at church on Sunday night you were there Tuesday night you went to Wednesday night Bible study you had Wednesday night choir and then when you got into high school or you went into, you got into college you're like whatever right I mean this verse is my life verse 
I, I have turned away from the living God. I've turned away from God. Now, imagine if I got up here and said, you know what, here's what you got to do. If I, I got up here and I preached a two-point sermon, here's what you got to have. You got to commit your life to Jesus Christ. And you got to have convictions. I mean, you got to have some deep-seated beliefs. And if you, had, if you commit your life to Jesus and you have some deep-seated beliefs, then let me tell you. And then what could happen is Justin and Michael, our worship pastor, get up here and they could sing like a Christian ballad, right? And you'd like be crying and snot running and Kleenox is everywhere. And you'd come down front, we'd all hold hands, and you'd rededicate and recommit. You're like, dear Jesus, this is the time. And it would be such an emotional experience. And you know what? You would leave this place and do you know do you know the possibility, the potential you would have of actually living out your Christian life consistently? Zilch. Zero. Because all of that, as good as all of that is, would just be an inspiring message. And, it'd be, and it would be in just some deep-seated convictions based on worship songs. and It would be great and awesome. But there's something missing. As powerful as those are, there's something missing. In fact, some of you, the reason why you're back in church, you're kind of a returner, but your biggest hang-up is like, Chris, I've tried that. I prayed a prayer. I went to church. I got baptized. I got dunked. I got the T-shirt. Heck, I got six of your Bibles out there, right, that I never read. I just can't. I've tried Christianity, and it hasn't worked for me. And my response to you is no. Let me tell you what you've tried. You've had a commitment, strong commitment, based upon a deep conviction, but there is something missing in your life. In fact, the two that you got are really kind of the easy ones. They really are. But there is a third component. The next verse shows us what that third component is. Here it is. But, what does it say? Encourage one another. In fact, some uh, translations say build one another up, encourage one another. Not try harder, not rededicate, not shed some tears. He says if you want to move forward, if you want to accomplish some things in your life, then you're going, you're, if you want to be consistent, if you want to make it to the end, the writer says, then here's what I want you to do. I want you to get around some people who can encourage you. Uh, Chris, that doesn't sound that spiritual. Okay. But do you know that is just as spiritual as reading your Bible or praying? It is. Let me tell you, that word encourage one another, it's a little Greek word, and it literally means this. It's not like, you know what, it's not like you get the end of a basketball game and somebody smacks you on the bottom and goes, good job, buddy. That's not what encouraging is. Let me, the, the word encourage one another, it means this. It means um, to urge, to exhort, to confront to come alongside, listen to this next one, to spur into action. It's the little Greek word, encourage, is a compound Greek word. It's called parakaleo. In fact, would you say that? Parakaleo. All right, the first word, it's up here. Para means with, with. And called is kaleo. And it's called to be with. In fact, this is one of the names given to God the Holy Spirit. He's a and some of you know this if you're going to church, he's a paraclete. He comes alongside. You see, this word assumes that there is a relationship with someone. 
a person. That this word assumes that there is a connection between people, where people are doing life together, and that you would, and that if you begin to drift, somebody comes along saying, and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. If you begin to lose faith, somebody comes along and says, hey, stop. Hey, let's talk about this. Let's have a conversation. That you have a relationship with someone where they could come and say to you, hey, I, I, I saw that you and so-and-so were hanging out together. Can we talk about that? Um, I heard that you bought A. Can, can we talk about that? I heard that you were thinking about leasing A. Uh. Can we talk about that? I, I heard that, you know, you have been uh, seeing this person. I heard that you were starting to. And normally, you know, I wouldn't say anything. Normally, I know it's none of my business, but can we talk about that? I don't think that's such a good idea. Well, I heard the other day that you did this, and I, but I've heard you say in the past that you would never do this. Has something changed? Has something shifted in your life? Can, can we talk about that? I heard that you were thinking about leaving your spouse. Can we talk about that? No, it's none of my business. It seems like you've been drinking more and more. And you've become more and more isolated. But yet, I know that you struggled with drinking in the past. Can we talk about that? You see, the person writing this, th these couple of verses in Hebrews, is saying, you know, you want to get to the finish line. It's not enough. It's not enough to have strong commitments based upon deep convictions. It's not enough. For you to be consistent that there's actually a third level to this you must have connections you must be connected to a group of believers who are going to encourage you to spur you to get up in your grill and in your business and ask some questions and this works in every area of your life you see if you struggle with alcoholism and you've been to AA meetings you know that this works in every area of your life don't you because here's, if you struggle with like Sexaholics Anonymous or Gamblers Anonymous, all of the anonymous groups, all right, you know that this relational component is huge if you are going to maintain your sobriety. Because here's the thing, you have a commitment, I am going to stop drinking to excess. And, and, and it's based upon this deep conviction that, you know what, I've got to stop. So what you've done you just didn't rely on the deep, the conviction, the commitments. You've actually got around some people who can encourage you and spend time with you and ask you questions and who's going to give chips to you. And, and then, okay, once you get, like, sober, then you know what? Great. I'm going to leave the connection part alone, and I'm just going to maintain my commitments and my convictions, right? Because you know that in order for you to stay sober, you're going to have to build some relationships. You're going to have to get into people who know your junk and ask you questions. If you want to lose weight this year, this is how it happens. Some of you, you've been to Weight Watchers, right? And you have to get up on the scale. And you're there. And, and, and if, you, if, if you want to do that, it has to be a good... If, if you want to say, I want to run this year, let me tell you how you're not going to be a consistent runner if you do it all by yourself. My wife, about three years ago, got into running. And one of the things that really motivated her and has kept her consistent is she has a running buddy. She has some ladies in her life that she'll just go and she'll just run with. And some of them are Christians, some of them aren't Christians. It's just, it's just somebody, it, it doesn't really matter to her. 
What matters is that, you know what, if I'm going to be consistent in showing up and running, then i got to have another person beside me who is running with me. Para. I can't do it by myself. Or if you want to be a gym rat this year, right, then you're going to have to find somebody who's going to be a gym buddy for you. If you want to be consistent lifting weights, you lift weights by yourself, you know what happens? Right? Boring or it cuts off your neck. When you're going, boom, you're done. Right? And I will preach your funeral. It takes something more. For, for those that are in the army, the army understands this. Because they just don't drop you in a war zone and say, hey dude, good luck. All right, hope you have a good time. Some of you are like, I think they did that to me once. <laughs> we'll talk, right? So, uh, but, you know, they just don't put you in there all by yourself. They give you a what? A battle buddy. See? Some of you know this. You see, it works in losing weight. It works in running. It works in lifting. It works in the army. It works with, like, the anonymous meetings. But some people, we come in here and we go, you know what? It's none of your business. Chris, if I veer none of your business. You don't need to ask me about my personal life. You know what? I can do it by myself. I can do the spiritual life by myself. And let me tell you, that is a lie. When it comes to our relationship with God or faith, you know what? It's just between me and God, and it's no one else's business, and that isn't. You're not going to make any progress spiritually if you do that. It's like having a two-legged table. It's not going to stand. The problem is not your commitment. The problem is not your beliefs and your convictions. The problem is that you're doing life alone. And you can't get encouragement by yourself. Keep on going. But encourage one another, how often? Every day. Do it as long as there's still time. And look at this next part. Then, it's a purpose statement. Now where he's going to give some inspiration to this. Then, none of you, in other words, here's why you have to do this. So that none of you will become what? stubborn, you won't be fooled by sin's tricks. He's saying as long as you're dependent upon your commitments and your convictions, you're inspired and you're motivated, you're into the songs, you're into the sermon, as long as you're depending on these two legs, the potential of you being a committed Christian is out the door. You cannot do it. Because all of us, we rationalize. We become self-deception. I mean, we deceive ourselves. Have you ever seen a normally smart person make a really dumb decision? Anyone? Right? I mean, they made a dumb decision financially, a dumb decision relationally, a dumb decision in the marriage, a dumb decision dating. I'm just in love. Right? A dumb decision in their business. That these normally smart people, they tell you what they're going to do. I mean, they show up in your office and you're like, guess what? And you're like, What? And, and Matt comes in and he barges through the door. He says, I met a girl. And, 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 and he starts talking about this girl and you're, going, you're smiling and you're going, but inside you're thinking, you're an idiot. Right? What you just told me and everything that you believed in, this is going, something's not connecting. And you're smiling because they're all excited and smiling, but you're going, no, no, this ain't right. Right? And then what do you do? Do you talk to him? No. You just let him leave your office and go, dude, he's getting ready to ruin his life. And then you get on the phone. Hey, you never guess who was in my office. Matt, yeah, have you heard the news? Yeah, he's dating that girl. Huh, he's, such, he's so stupid. Huh, are you going to say something? No, me either. All right, bye. 
right? And, and, and it's like we, we don't talk to the person. We just talk about the person. And you have crystal clear insight into the stupidity of that decision. That they're excited, and, and you, but you don't talk to them. And, and, and you're just like, man. So Matt goes out, and he blows up his life. And we all go, wow, that was too bad. Man, gee, what a stupid decision. You know, but, but it's none of our business. We didn't say anything to Matt. We just, we just talked to everybody else, right? Well, in fact, let's pray for Matt. Dear Jesus, dear God, right now, I know that you did not want him to date that girl. But God, you didn't say anything because you didn't say anything. We didn't say anything because it's none of our business, none of your business. So we just let him blow up his life, and now we're going to pray for him. Amen. Right? No. No. That's what we do, isn't it? We, we, the reason we have to be connected into relationships is because sin is tricky. We can deceive ourselves. We can rationalize ourselves to do anything. Anything. That's self-deception. But listen to this. Just like you have crystal clear insight into somebody else's stupid decision, do you know that somebody else has crystal clear insight into your stupid decision? The question is, are you going to benefit from that? Are you going to benefit from that? Or are you, going to, are you going to give somebody permission to come along you and to walk with you? Or are you going to say, you know what? I believe. And I have such a strong commitment. Because that is what's going to happen to your life. Unless you add this third component of connecting with other people and giving other people permission. This isn't just like, hey, let's just get together and let's just talk about stats of sports. No. Something deeper than that. You give them permission. You know what? You know, I told you I, I got an anger problem. I blew up at her again. I need to tell you that because I want to make some progress. I want to accomplish some things in my life. Because you know that I made the commitment not to do it again. And you know that my conviction is I shouldn't be angry like that. I need you to help me. I need you to ask me questions. Do you have people who have access to you so that they can come alongside you and be the third leg on the stool? Or are you just going to trust in your commitments and your convictions? You see, if you're going to accomplish some things this year, if you want to be consistent this year, and all of us do, I know we do, I know we do, then all of us have to get into a relationship. Here's the rest of the big idea. It isn't enough to have convictions and commitments. You have to have what? Connections. If you're going to accomplish more this year, yes, you need to believe strongly in your beliefs. You need to make commitments. But you're going to have to partner up with people who's going to ask you some questions and encourage you to spur you along. If not, you will slowly drift. Our, our small groups pastor, Patrick, I'm going to ask him to come on down. I don't know where he's at. Come on out. Because let me tell you how this, where this happens here in one church. This happens in community group. Grab that mic, Pat. Y'all say hello to Patrick. Um, where that happens here is in community groups. In, in, well, let me tell you, we believe that circles are better than rows. We believe that life change takes place best in small groups. Is that on? All right, cool. All right. In small groups, if not, you can share mine. You want to get this close? All right. Anyway, it's like, oh, gosh. Um, we need to have a connection because you're going to be like, anyway. 
dear Jesus. Here's the thing. We believe that circles are better than roads here. You know, as much as we love this environment, and I do, I love preaching to people. I love talking to people. As much as the band loves leading in worship. And, and again, that's great. This is all about inspiring you to have a commitment to Jesus Christ and, 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 and actually have those deep convictions. Connections just doesn't happen here. In fact, look at the person ahead of you. What do you see? The back of their head. You see, if you're going to make connections, you have to turn and face one another. You do. You have to open up. That can't happen in here. And the only place that can happen is we believe it's in group. It's in group. Connection happens in small groups. And we're so committed to this that we believe that if you only have one hour to give us, that you don't come on Sunday mornings. That's right. That if you only have one hour to give us, we would prefer you not come on Sunday mornings. But that means I'm not going to give my tithe, preacher. Okay? This isn't just about any of this other stuff. This is about you being consistent because if not, that's what happens to our lives. And let me tell you where this works. We have groups today. We have singles groups. We have college groups. We have married groups. We have men's groups. We have women's groups. That when you leave this auditorium, you're going to have the opportunity, if you're not in a group, to get into a group. Now, let me just say this. Some of you are like, well, you know what? I just, I'm just not an outgoing person. Okay. So, uh, well, I'm just too busy. Oh, that sounds like an excuse. Do I need to preach last week's sermon this week? Because, see, you can make excuses or you can make progress, but you can't make both. You've got the exact amount of time. Here's what you need to say. It's just not a priority. And that's cool. It's not a priority. I get that. But let me tell you what happens. When your marriage blows up, when something happens that implodes your life, if you don't have the relational side before that happens, it's almost impossible, impossible to get into it then. It just is. Some of you are like, Chris, I've been in a group. I didn't like it. Okay. How many of y'all have ever have always liked what you've eaten? Anyone? Right? I'm telling you guys, and I'm, I'm going to come down hard on you because that's what happens. And I don't want to see anybody go through that. I don't. I don't want me to go through that. Because let me tell you, life happens, and all of us have the potential for turning away and giving God the finger. All of us do. And if you think, not me, buckle up. Because you were just, you are this close. Right? I know I'm not. And Patrick's like, I got it. Boom! Right? Just saying. Now, you don't need to be partnered with people who are going to push you off the cliff. You, come here. You, you're going to be with people. You hanging on to me? All right, good. All right, that's all right. All right, thank you. All right? And here's the thing. Normally, this is the time where I'd say, let's pray. And you know what? I'm not going to do that today. Because let me tell you, some of you, you prayed a lot. You don't need prayer in this. You need to do it. You need to stop making an excuse and do it. And if you were in my group and you didn't like me, okay. I, again, I'm not offended. Get into a group where you like the person. All right? Because this isn't about me. This is about you being consistent 
in your commitments and your convictions. So what are you going to do? Are you going to walk out this door and go, you know what, that was great. It's a great message. Awesome. I've got these commitments, and God, I am committed to you. Woo! Man, and man, i got these convictions based on God's word, and awesome. And you know what, that's going to, that, you may be propped up for a while, for a season, but you're going to hit a bump in the road. And somebody that said, I do forever, didn't, or you have a child leave your house, or a child, maybe a, a, a person gets sick in your house, if you don't have that third leg, you, this close, are crumbling. So am I. But don't be deceived. Pat, tell us what we need to do to apply this message today. Uh, you've, you've got a ton of options to get into groups. So I just encourage you to, to try some out. And if you don't find a fit, to let us know what um, I can do to create a group that would fit. If it's a night of the week that's a problem, let me know. If it's a, a specific time that's a problem, let me know. We've got ladies' groups that meet during the day. We've got a, a new group starting in the evening. Uh, same with guys' groups. We've got evening groups for guys. We've got couples' groups that are meeting on Sundays, on Tuesdays, and on Thursday nights. So, And we create groups based on where the need's at. So I just kind of need to know what the options are that would fit you guys and, uh, and what that's going to look like, even maybe what type of group. I just had a conversation with a guy who's looking for a specific type of group, and I said, you know what, we don't offer that, but I know it's here in Clarksville, and I know where it's at, and I'm going to get you the information because it doesn't have to be a one-church group. Absolutely. We need and we <clears throat> desire you to have relationships. Our Absolutely. goal, our goal is 100%. We would want everybody in a group somewhere, somehow, some way. You know, and what's so cool about this, we got people who are wanting to make some progress and get accomplishments when it comes to finances. You know where they're at? Right now, they're in a group called Financial Peace University that's meeting at 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock. So some of you are like, man, my, my money's jacked up. You know what you could do today? You could leave here and go, I think I'm going to go to that group. And that happens in 30 minutes, yep. 45 minutes. I don't know how long I'll preach. And right? even, if there's a, even if there's a group that doesn't fit during the week, we start one every group link called Starting Point. And it's a group that happens on Sunday morning so that you can come at 9, you can be with a group, and then you can worship still mm -hmm. on a Sunday morning. If you say, you know what, the weeks are just too busy. My kids got something every night of the week. Then come early on Sunday. You can still make it happen early on Sunday. That's right. Um, and that's huge for us. So uh, I wanted to touch some highlights. Can I do that real quick? Absolutely. So we've got don't some... touch me. <laughs> Well, one of these got your, your picture on it, so you may want to stay up oh, here for this. Oh. So, uh, you know, groups are fun. I, I want you guys to hear, groups are hugely important, but it doesn't mean you don't have fun with the people that you spend um, this time with. So I want to show you just a couple of highlights from 2014 of group fun. So uh, this is uh, Chris's group. They went bowling just recently. So we got the, uh, yeah, we got the bowling trip. So I don't know who, who won that. Uh, uh, it that wasn't me. I, let me I, w I came in last. <laughs> I, I bowled a 58. He can preach, but he can't bowl, so... <laughs> Um, we got a couple others out there, so uh, let's let's see what's it. This is uh, my men's group when we first <laughs> formed. We actually built a cardboard boat. That is cardboard, people, cardboard, and we managed to survive the Cumberland River. We actually got second place. So um, this was this is so much fun. In fact, I'm gonna I'm I'm planning on sponsoring a group versus group competition to build these boats and to race them That's this cool. fall at Riverfest. So I uh, hope you guys will, will consider that. There's one more I think that we've got up there as well. Uh, this one is is a, is an awesome one. Um, we had a number of groups that had people who went through cancer. 
this year. This is one of the groups that just took this as they were doing this that night. The couple that, um, that was going through cancer, um, they could not be with them. They had to be isolated. And so that night, in group, they put chairs together to represent them being there, and then they prayed over them. I hope, if that's your story this year, I really hope cancer is not a part of it, but if it is, I hope you've got some people who pray over you this year. Groups do such awesome things. Um, it's, it's really, truly life-changing. Do we have one more picture? I think we do. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, you can even have group with the most interesting man in the world. So uh, he just, you know, he just right. shows up sometimes. That's cool. So all that to say, uh, groups, groups are going to be, we talk about, there are two goals. There are authentic relationships. We call it authentic community and spiritual growth. Yep. Those are our two goals. And uh, an authentic community doesn't just include caring for one another. It includes having some fun as well. So my hope with group is that you spend time with people, and at the end of a year, you look at people and you go, you know, I, I don't love, love, love everybody, but there's some people I want to take with me forever. Um, the way we do groups here, even when they end, is that they split up, that the relationships that were the most awesome stay together, and they just add some more people to that circle. So just encourage you guys, as you get a chance, you're going to get a chance to meet um, couples, the Andersons who are starting a group, Jared and Brandy who are going to host a group on Thursday nights. Uh, there's going to be a group at the office uh, tonight as well as next Sunday if you want to uh, look at what that group's going to look like for couples. Uh, again, there's a guys group. We're going to have some guys out at the tables for you. There's a softball. Our, our um, two softball coaches uh, really want softball to be not just a fun event but a spiritual growth opportunity. And so we put together a softball team that prays together, that talks about life as well as plays softball. Mm-hmm. I'd encourage you, if, if that's your connection point, even trying that out. And then, like I said, some ladies. We got to get off stage because we want to give you guys time to be able to go into group. But let me just say this. This is so important for us that every one of our staff is in a community group. Um, we're either in a group or we lead a group, right? Uh, you grown to some churches where they do their groups on Sunday mornings. And because of that, you know, the pastor's always telling you, get into Sunday school, get into Sunday school. You ask the pastor, are you in Sunday school? No, but you should get into Sunday school, Right? And the reason why they can't is because it happens just on a Sunday morning environment. Nothing wrong with that. But, you know, if, if we only did Sunday school here, I, I couldn't go. Uh, we want to do this in such a way that it's more than just about commitments and convictions. It's about relationships. So, and we have small groups in every area of our church. The reason where your kids are at right now is they're in a small group because we're not just babysitting them. You see, we believe so much in groups that you've got, if you've got a, a, a six-year-old who's in kindergarten or in first grade, they are in a group that's consistent. They have a, a parent that's up or an adult that's loving on them and telling them about the Bible. And we go all the way through their life uh, and, and we want to push them towards groups. And let me say this, the reason why we, I can tell you more things that we don't do here at One Church than when we do. Because some of you, you came to church and you're like, you did this, 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 this. But none of them led to an end result of community groups. And we have killed really good things around our church. Good programs that didn't go to groups. Because we believe that circles are better than rows. That life change takes place best in small groups. And that community connection is the third leg to this table. So the question is, what are you going to do? Are you going to apply this? Are you going to say, that was good? <laughs>